Oh, that was super weak. Welcome to the Daily Ramble. Actually, the Sports Ramble, because that's where we're going to focus in today. Hope you are having a wonderful day. I am so far, and there's some things going on in sports. So, A, we have Mello is exiting OKC, and uh, the big question mark there is where is he going to go? Where is he going to land? Uh, rumors say Houston really wants him, which I, I really I just feel bad for them making that move. They lost Trevor Reza. They're, they're seeming kind of mildly fall apart, but Heat won him too, but wherever he wants to go, I hope he goes and has success. Um it really hurt if he has more success than he did here because then it's like, crap, he just didn't fit well here. But I'm okay with that. Hope you guys are too. Oh, my goodness. I don't even want to read this article. I was just coming across this article and said, the Warriors' dominance isn't ruining the NBA. Look at your own team. And I kind of want to punch Bleacher Report in the face. So what I... Sports has taken on this weird thing where it's gotten slightly politicized and it's really annoying me because sports is supposed to be about sports. I'm not saying players can't take a stance, do whatever, but I need places that report the sports such as ESPN to not dive deep in these rabbit holes of trying to push this political, political agenda narrative because as much as I am plugged into politics now, which I still feel very indifferent about, you have you, you need to have you should have a getaway from it all, and whether it be sports or video games or whatever. But where it's like ah, I go here for for entertainment, and that's all I want to get. And I think we we see that's how the general populace feels with the ratings of the NFL taking a dive bomb, and that's kind of falling apart now with the whole kneeling scenario. Which I am anti kneeling because I don't think it's <laughs> when it comes down to it. If I sit here and I'm on the fence about it so much, I'm gonna err on the side of just don't, but partially for the reason of you can make a political stance without having to do it in the middle of the program, you know, but that's a whole different, I'm not, we're not going to talk about that today. Not at all. So a couple things, I don't know if you care about the world cup or keeping up with the world cup, but we have our final, it is France versus Croatia, the second smallest team in world cup history to make the world, to make the final. And the announcer said that a couple times when I was watching the Croatian match, but he didn't tell me who the first smallest was. And so I went to look it up and all, and all you can find is who smallest teams to smallest countries to make the world cup. And it wouldn't talk about the final. So once again, there was a whole fit of rage because <laughs> I was like, just tell me already. Cause he kept saying it. He was like the second smallest country to, to make the world cup final. And I was like, who's the first? Eventually, they said, I think it was Uruguay in like 1934, so way back when. So it doesn't even count because they're bigger than that now. You know, I wonder if there's got to be a way you can adjust for like population growth to then normalize all that because obviously there were less people 70 years ago than there were than there are today. So it's an interesting thought because I feel like that's how you should do it for the record books. But that's me being kind of a, you know, a some a statistician almost. I'm not, I, I don't feel comfortable calling myself a statistician by any means because I'm not, but there's that. On that note, and if I can find the link, I'll post it on my Twitter page. When Croatia did win, <laughs> there was a guy. Uh, this is actually not when they made it to the final, when they made it to the semifinal, though. <laughs> 
there was a video of a guy in Croatia in his apartment and like his couch was right by the window and he got so excited. He like lifted his couch up and pushed it out the window. I don't know if he was on the second, third or eighth floor, but he pushed it out of the window out of excitement. And there's this, this gap where this couch was and he starts jumping up and down. And he's just jumping up and down. And I'm, I just look at that and I say, how I want to experience that level of excitement where you are so excited. You have complete disregard for your furniture and the things that you own and you destroy them out of excitement. Cause we've all seen the angry, you know, person destroying their TV, destroying their phone, kicking their couch, breaking the chair, like doing whatever, or, but never quite seen the so excited. I throw my couch out the window. <laughs> but, oh, that's gotta be some kind of special. That's something special in terms of euphoria and excitement though, that hopefully one day I will experience. Now I hope I don't, throw my couch out the window i just hope i reach that level but that begs the question could you reach that level without throwing your couch out the window because maybe to reach that level you have to do something like that huh good thought good thought but you should look it up if you haven't it's an awesome awesome laugh and uh the other thing that's kind of gotten big is the neymar challenge so obviously one of the big narratives around the world cup and if you don't care don't worry, I'll finish up in the next couple minutes and we'll move on back to real sports, even though I do very much enjoy soccer. Well, the Neymar challenge is, so the big narrative there is how now with VAR and obviously the slow-mo replays we get on TV, you saw him uh, falling and be like, oh, he actually barely got touched. And so he's he's kind of mastered the art of flopping. And he's a little guy, but he then then when he actually did get fouled, a lot of times he didn't get the call at all uh, because he flopped so hard. But there was a couple couple big moments where he really flopped and rolled and played it off. And then we watched the slow mo, and everyone's like, "Why are you screaming? Like you just got took an axe to the knee kind of scenario." And so now it's a big thing. <laughs> Everybody's doing the Neymar challenge, or they're doing their best flop. And oh, it's it's really really funny. You should definitely check it out. So there's a, there's a couple little fun blurbs from the from the World Cup. Uh, we have our third place match between England and Belgium on Saturday. That'll actually be pretty fun. I think that'll be a, a lot of fun to watch. Um, oh man, there's an idea. I could live stream during it. Nobody's gonna listen to me talk about soccer and watch soccer. Yeah, no, we're not gonna do that, folks. I know people are like we're gonna live stream. It's like ah, you know what? I'll now forget that. But that's at like nine, and then the finals on nine on Sunday. So World Cup's about coming to an end. Um, I really hated it this year from the simple fact of the U.S. team fell apart and missed this World Cup for the first time since like 1991 or something like that. I'm real annoyed because it's weird to watch it. I was still invested and had a lot of fun watching, but it's like we're not in it. And we that means we have to wait another four years, so an encouraging how it's hard to not not being too critical but just encouraging of like all right usa come on team usa we we have a lot of young talent it feels like we're moving up in the soccer world we have guys that are playing in europe even if they're on the kind of the the tier two or three teams but they're, they're getting over there because before we really didn't have that very much so we're finally having that i think the mls has kind of stepped up a little bit and it's 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 growing in popularity over here because we're getting all the uh the way to retire from the big club football is to come to the MLS and play for fun, <laughs> which is sad, but true. It's what it is. It's like all these, all these guys hit 34, 35 and they can't, 
Um, they're not starting, not playing as much over there in the Premier League or one of the Euro Leagues or something like that. And then they're like, ah, I'm done playing for serious. Time to go play for fun in the MLS. And they come over here and they just torch. I don't know if you saw Zlatan's first goal at LA Galaxy. There's another video to look up. But he just launched it from far. And it's just like, I can't even imagine. Like, you go, I guess that would be like an NBA player going over and playing in China. Mm, Stefan Marbury, Michael Beasley. Yeah, uh, if you don't know that, Stefan Marbury is a legend in China basketball. Post-NBA career that kind of fizzled out. He went over there and has destroyed Jimmer. Jimmer puts on a show too. Although I think his team, it doesn't work out so well for his team, but like Stefan Marbury has a stamp. He has a play about the story of his life. Uh, I'm almost positive he has a statue. He has MVPs. Like living the dream, dude. And it just goes to show you that there's how how good the NBA is, how it is the, the best of the best in the world because there's just that giant gap where you can have old guys or just guys who aren't painting out well in the NBA go other places and destroy people. So the level of competition difference is huge there. Another big uh, – so there's that. Definitely look that up. It's, it's pretty interesting. But I need I need USA Soccer to make the next World Cup because it's going to be another four years – and then we need to make the one after that, which it's supposed to be in Qatar, which is a huge, huge deal. Uh, controversy about the the FIFA board being corrupt, which I think it very obviously is. But I think that needs to be changed from Qatar because there was like it was basically like slave drivers. People were dying and it was like they're trying to make it seem like they have the infrastructure, but they clearly don't. Because it's like, how does Qatar get or Qatar get a World Cup? Without corruption? That's a big question. All right. Moving on from soccer news, other sports news we have going on, or things in sports that I care to talk about. So we talked about the Mel thing. LeBron's out in LA doing his thing. And then we have uh, a narrative going on right now is where you, where you see this push for the WNBA players to make more money, which I'm all for. And then people are kind of the rebuttal that has been, well, you don't have near the revenue to make what the NBA players make. And, you know, I was all for them getting paid more and I understood that they couldn't get paid, you know, the millions that the NBA players make. But I was like, that that's not a reason to not pay them more. Uh, to be like, oh, we can't pay you four million, you know, millions of dollars a year. So you're going to, you're stuck with your 40,000. It's like, how about... How about we, you know, bump it up to 100,000, 200,000, whatever. But then I saw an eye-opening tweet. So for once, Twitter actually did something good for me. Well, I also saw this really funny video I'll get to in a second. But it was, I don't know who, I don't remember who it was, but it was an, an official account saying, we're not asking to be paid the same amount in dollars, just the same percentage of the revenue. So I didn't know this, but the collective bargaining agreement, NBA players get, the payment it get 50% of the revenue, whereas WNBA players get 20% of the revenue. So half versus a fifth, that's a huge, huge difference. And that could be a huge pay bump for them. So I'm all for it. WNBA players, I'm fighting for you. Go uh, do a collective bar, get your collective bargaining, bargaining agreement fixed with that, with the league and get that 50% of revenue that you deserve. My, my question is where's the 80% of the revenue that going then? Cause I know like they're making money. It's not like, Buku's money, you know, it's it's not the same the NBA, but like making money, what are you doing with that 80%? Who are you paying? What are you building? Like 
that makes me think that there's a few people up at the top just kind of hoarding the cash, whether it's the coaches or the VPs or even this, I don't even know, organizations for whatever. That's interesting thought, though. They get 30% less. They The deficit is bigger than the amount that they get percentage-wise. So make your voice known. WNBA players need to get paid more. And that can kind of transition me into another topic where I just saw a news video on Facebook about um, the whole thing with the, the question, the big question around transgender and sports, you know, whereas what, how, how do you categorize them? And this is, so I'm not anti-transgender. I do at the ideological level. I do think it's, I do think saying that you're a woman stuck in a man's body is, not correct, but that goes back to my fundamental Christian beliefs about, you know, we're, we're, we were created by God or at least a higher being if I'll even expand it out. So you don't have to necessarily believe that, but you know, there, there's a purpose to the way you came out and to sit there and say that that was wrong is, you know, fun, fundamentally it's a fallacy on some level. Um, sorry, this is a small side. So where now it is, if you don't hold these stereotypical male or female qualities, then you say, oh, I'm the opposite gender. I'm meant to be, you know, I'm a man who's meant to be a woman or whatever. I identify, I identify as this. Whereas the shift used to be, it was just a, a spectrum, masculinity to femininity. And generally on averages, you have guys over here on the masculine side and, and females falling on the feminine side. But you obviously do have your smaller percentages, your outliers outside of the bell curve on the ends of the bell curves who you, you can have a feminine guy. It doesn't make you not a guy. It just makes you a, you know, a more feminine guy in these certain characteristics. And I'm not even talking about you know before you jump into just an image in your brain. I'm, I'm leaving this very open because I'm not trying to – to point out specific qualities necessarily. I'm just saying this is how it is. Whereas now if you're feminine guy, people, you, the suggestion is that, Oh, you should identify as a woman where it's like, maybe not, maybe not, you know, but the big question in sports is there's clear biological evidence in the differences, the makeup differences that have athletic repercussions in male versus female. First of all, women have 70% on average, 70% the lower body strength of man. So average woman has 70% of the lower body strength as a man. And then I believe it's 30% of the upper body strength as men. There's a huge difference right there. And if you look at all sports, I mean, so crude example, but NBA versus WNBA, what's the running joke? WNBA will get more popular when you can start dunking the basketball. And it's like, think about that. So female, now that part of that is women are generally shorter. Um, I don't know the average height. Let's look at this real quick. Average height of WNBA players. And then we'll look at the, I know the average height of the NBA players, six, seven, six feet. So there's a seven inch difference. So that plays a part in the dunking, but also I think the average vertical, um, jump WNBA player. So mm -hmm, the average female college basketball players are, so has a vertical leap of about 19 inches versus 28 inches plus for the average male player. So you're seeing over a 10 inch difference just on average. And this isn't to say people always love to point out, well, there's some girls who could dunk or outdo guys. And I'm like, that's fine. We're not talking about the outliers. I hate when people 
move to the outliers. And it's like, these, this is an outlier. Understand what that means. That means it's not the normal. We're talking about the normal and the majority here. So what we see is I kind of getting away from my, from my points, what they even were here. But uh, the video I just watched was parents are outraged because there's transgender girls. So guys who transition to girls and this is in high school when you're in development, which I think is extremely dangerous. I don't think you should see transitioning until you're, until you're at least like 21, not even 18, I would say 21, because especially if you're a guy, because we keep developing until well into our early 20s. You know, my prefrontal cortex isn't technically going to be developed until for another eight or nine months um, at the earliest, like five months. But whereas females, they finish developing at like 17 or 18 and they really don't grow. But guys, a lot of times they grow and develop still in college. And I don't think it's smart to mess with biology, you know? I mean, what do they always do in the movies? It's always like you you always run into this scenario where it's like they start manufacturing and messing with biology. And the next thing you know, like it turns into a huge tragedy. And you just you just got to be careful with that, especially because in adolescence, you're, you're in the early stages of figuring out who you are. And you really – most people don't figure out until their early 20s you know, who they really are and what they really want to do. And I think letting a 14 or 15 year old be like, yeah, I'm, I want to be a girl, be a girl because then the rest of your life, I mean, there's plenty of, there's plenty of tomboys out there who think they might want to be a guy, but then they'll get to older and be like, no, I'm glad I didn't do that. So, but I'm not, you know, who am I to talk? I'm not going to sit here and kind of project and portray and run through these, these random scenarios. I have to stay on topic here, but track athletes and, and then we've seen it in the MMA too. A guy trans trans uh, transitioned to a girl and beat the heck out of everybody, like pummeled them. And then same with uh, there's a there's a powerlifter I believe over in Europe, and he's breaking. She is breaking. They are breaking world records, or maybe not record, but they're just shattering records by a ton. And there's an interesting point on here on this video I watched with the girl was saying, well, maybe this is, you know, a great illustration that life is not fair, which is funny to me because it's people always trying to preach equality and fairness in the sense of a lot of times equality of, of outcome, not, not just opportunity. And then now all of a sudden the same people who are saying that, who are saying, you know, men and women can do the same thing blah, 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 and you can transition are now saying, well, it's not fair, you know, because there are certain biologies and There, you know, there's there's certain differences in biology, and so it's it's just funny to me to see that and saying, you know, you know, you could strive for this level then, but you may never reach this level. Well, I think what you're going to see then is you're just going to see in the female ath- athletic world, it's just going to you're going to have a small niche of of guys who transition to girls, and it's basically going to be like <sighs> tier two guys athletics more or less, and maybe that'll elevate it, but you're going to see there's going to be a giant gap. Where it's where it's biological women stop, and you might have a couple that break through, but then overall biological women stop, and then there's gonna be a gap, and then it's gonna be where the where the transgender women start, as far as in terms of skill and and athletic uh, prowess and things like that, because biologically their their bodies are, are male, and they're having to fight that artificially by um, you know switching their hormones and changing their their biological makeup. But at the core of it, you can't change the fact that your body produces hormones and things like a guy and you've already have that development and that structure built in. So I personally think, I think the best thing to do is one of two things. Uh, I don't think it's a great solution to 
say, you know, make them compete in their biological standpoint, meaning because it has, I believe it has a big enough effect on your athleticism that it's reasonable to say, look, you need to compete with your biology because that's where it's going to, because that's what dictates this more than anything. Um, so that would, I would prefer that over allowing them to compete what they identify as. And I know people are saying, this is uh, challenging and you know, there's going to be clapback back for that, but that's sorry. That's what I believe. But another solution is just create a third category. We've created a, essentially a third gender a lot of times, or, you know, we, we said there's infinite numbers of genders. So let's add, let's add a third category is what I'm saying. And where it's the, the transgender people can compete with each other because, they're kind of putting themselves in this unique position that nobody else can be in. And it's, it's not that the parents are saying this is unfair because they're winning they, because they're doing more than winning. They, they are absolutely bashing and destroying them. And it's, it's creating this gap in the separation where it's like, okay, that's blatantly obvious. Like, you know, say, say it was supposed to be an all natural strength and weightlifting competition. You have these guys come in and then, there's one guy that just starts destroying them and turns out they don't test for HGH or whatever. And then, you know, they do post-testing and they find out, Oh yeah, he was on it. You know, it's kind of like, Oh, well that's why he was absolutely bashing him. But you know, it's, it's all in all what I, what it comes down to is this is such a muddy and murky and tricky scenario. And I, I personally would, would rather us shift back to slowing down on how quick we, how quickly we, we jump to, oh, I'm supposed to be the other gender. I'm supposed to be the other gender. It's like, calm down. There's not, there's nothing wrong with you the way you are necessarily. You're just, you just maybe don't fit into the stereotypical mode, mold, which in my mind, I thought that's what people love to do. We love to be unique and be our own and whatever. But then when it, when we actually see that play out a lot of times, I think we get insecure because we're different. So the human humans, we are enigmas. I do not understand it, but they got a little bit off on the sports thing. And a, a, a big telltale, I think, if you want to really kind of put this in per, into perspective, I think this was good that it happened in this sport in the sense of it can show us like how blatant, how how this is an issue that needs to be addressed and not just we shouldn't just allow it willy nilly. Is Fallon Fox is an MMA fighter guy who transitioned to a girl and. And absolutely has destroyed women. And it's you just got to go watch it. Go watch it. Fallon Fox. So back to this one article. Golden State Warriors keep getting stronger. And they blow a lead so they can run. Here comes DeMarcus Cousins. Worried that complacency might set in after eating brooms. Here comes Boogie. Goodness. Okay. Wow. So, interesting fact. The last team to be able to put five players on the floor who were all stars in the previous season. Boston in 1975-76. Wow. So, that's... That's incredible, but I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> There's two teams there. Interesting. So basically this is saying that they're actually not ruining things. They're not ruining the league because if it was that way, then 
you know, how would we survive the 80s with the Lakers Celtics dynasty? How would we survive the 90s with the Bulls dynasty? And then the 2000s was kind of, I think, more or less the Spurs, kind of the Lakers too in the early part. And then, you know, they're just saying this is the next big thing, but it's a little bit different here, you know, because like you said, it's the first time since 75, 76. So you're going back 40 years there before the merger, right around the time of the merger of the ABA and the NBA, where where we had five all-stars of the previous season. So, and then now they're trying to go and blame other teams and things like this. But all in all, I just don't think it's good because it, it personally makes me lose interest. And so right here, what they're doing is saying other teams are making the wrong decisions. And I think it's because other teams are scrambling because they don't know what the world is going on, what in the world is going on. And I think we had a phase where we had a bunch of role players get way overpaid. So now we have these giant contracts to, and we're, and we're still caught in some of them. And so you have these giant contracts floating around and teams really don't want to pick them up because it eats all that cap space. But I will stand, I stand by my opinion that this, this doesn't help the NBA at all. And saying, it's just the next dynasty is like, don't you think it would be better off if we could avoid having such a blatant, uh, dynasty here and a team that's like, oh, it definitely goes to them because the thing is, I think there was there was, when you when you reference the 80s and 90s, maybe less the 90s, but the 80s at least would have been uh, there was there's two teams that were clear cut winners, but then I think I and I'm speaking really from no point of expertise here, I need to go really look back at the teams, but you had teams like the bad boys and uh you know, who were actually, who were really, really good and actually challenged this, challenged the other teams. And so it wasn't like here we're going into the finals and we're seeing 4-0 sweeps. There's the big difference here. So the difference here is the the blatant overpowering when it comes to, all right, the, the top of the best of the last season are going to be competing. I think it's somewhat, on one hand, you can look at teams and be like, you guys need to figure out how to build this structure so we can combat this but on the other hand it's like i saw a funny tweet it said um you hold steph clay and kevin to like three for 28 for sh- for shooting from three or steph and kevin to three for 28 from three boogie to no points and he goes but then clay goes off for 11 13 from three and it was like just somebody who was just totally shocked and sad and i was like that's that's true it's like Plan A doesn't work, plan B. Plan B doesn't work, then plan C. Plan C doesn't work, then plan D at this point. And then now it's like if plan D doesn't work, plan E. And so I guess I can kind of see where they want to say, you know, props to the Warriors for being able to build this great dynasty, but which I guess you got to give credit where credit is due in a sense, but I still am of the belief that at some level, there needs to be some smoothing out, but maybe, I don't know, maybe it's better that there's hands off because in general, I, I hold for a free market. So it's kind of, this, this is posed a good question. So what do you think? Do you, do you think it's, we can look at it and just say the Warriors are ruining the league and it's all their fault. Or, you know, can we look at, I think it's some things that the NBA failed to do. And then, you know, is it also in part due to the failure of other NBA teams and of not being able to pull, pull that level of talent and you know maybe maybe they maybe they've just got a system that just is blown everybody out of the water and they're 10 years ahead of us and nobody's going to catch up from anytime soon but we'll see we'll see anyways that's going to conclude the sports ramble for today 
So I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And I'm actually getting something released early in the day. It's going to be like 2.30 when this drops. So hooray! I <laughs> uh, might uh, see if I can post a couple of links on Twitter for the Croatian couch. Um, I'll put up some Fallon Fox stuff so you can see that and think about that. Um, I might post this article I found on Bleach Report if you want to read it for yourself. I just skimmed it in all honesty, because I didn't want to sit here and read to you on, uh, on air. I don't think that's very, very good. I, I didn't find it till right before I started recording. So might come back and revisit it later, but curious to know, you know, what your thoughts are, where you stand on the whole transgenders in athletics and, you know, if it's positive, negative effect and, you know, just, just how general the muddy waters are, but don't forget, go check me out on Twitter, rambling Viking. And uh, be looking out for the question. I'm going to drop the question of the week for tom- or for next uh, week's raid, um, which will drop on Wednesday. I'm dropping that question Friday. So I'm dropping it tomorrow. Be looking out for that and be ready to either vote in that poll or just tweet me back. Um, and if you don't uh, follow me on Twitter, then you won't know. Don't forget about my Patreon if you want to have an active part in the rambling Viking, just go check that out on Patreon's website and you can see the tiers one, three and $5 is not a lot at all. And I would appreciate your support in building this, but all in all, we're just here to have a good time and I'm here to kind of get my thoughts out there in the world and then also get some feedback. So hope everybody has a wonderful, wonderful day. I gotta go do some housework now. So you guys stay frosty Viking out.